With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Anybody these days getting scammed texts? Not yet. You're not? I don't really get the phone calls anymore. Occasionally I do. I got a uh, a text today. It's a new scheme by these scammers. Uh-oh. The previous text that I was getting is that like this scammer would pose as like somebody from the U.S. Postal Service. And like, hey, you got a package, but there was some hiccup and... We need you to come pick it up. Can you go to this link? Which, you know, in the link, in the URL, it had nothing to do with the U.S. Postal Service. They're like, fill out some information. We'll work on getting this package to you or whatever. And that's how they get you, I guess. I never went as far as clicking on the link. Yeah. A little bit smarter than that. (laughs) But um, the the latest uh, technique here is I got a text from a 971 number, high in exclamation point. I mean, you think I'm that you think I'm that stupid <laughs> that I just get a random hi from somebody. Hey, it's it doesn't say, hey, it's so and so. What right. are you up to? It's just right. hi to get your attention. Like it's a friendly person. Respond. Let's talk. I, I'm curious to see I, I never responded. I'm curious to see though or to know that, okay, what if I respond? What do they say? What's the uh What's the gimmick here? How do they try to get you to fall for something? What's the pitch? Man, that's the people's jobs. Just sitting back and fishing for people. It's crazy. By the way, 971 is out of Portland. I do have a friend that lives in Portland. Which is so odd because 970 is northern Colorado. They're like, hey, Mitch, what's up, dude? It's your friend. You're like, yeah, right, idiot. Like, I'm falling for that. (laughs) Hey, there's a package I sent you a package is waiting. <laughs> yeah, right, moron. Meanwhile, yeah, your package gonna... is going to sit there. I don't know, man. Sounds like you need to uh Listen, I don't remember answer. I don't remember ordering anything. Yeah, I mean. Right? That's where I'm like, you ain't you're not going to get me there. Where our house is not one of those that order stuff from Amazon every day. So I when I when I order something, I'm tracking that baby from the second I hit confirm. By the way, speaking of Amazon, you know, you guys have Amazon Prime. Uh-huh. Yes, I don't. Um, I I used to have it, 
That is like one of the trickiest things to cancel. Oh, yeah. When you try to cancel your Amazon Prime account, like you go through all these pages and they like really disguise like they big bold buttons is like, are you sure about that? Let let stick around and uh, boy, you're gonna miss out on all these good deals if you uh, decide to cancel with us. And then right there, tucked in the corner in small print, not even bold, it's underlined. They underlined it for you, but that's it. Yes, please cancel. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. I like Amazon Prime when they do that because I can, I can, I can um, pause it. I don't mind pausing it. Oh. And then when they start playing football on it, I was like, well, now I have to. Have it. Right. But as are like. Ever since the Prime, I don't know if it's their fault necessarily. I don't know if there's as good of games anymore on Thursday Night Football, but I, I'm yet to fall down that or make that call to get Prime just to watch Thursday Night Football. I'd rather watch, honestly, I'd rather watch a crappy Thursday Night College Football game that has no marquee uh, appeal to it than pay extra money to watch one NFL game. So you're saying you were the sucker like I was last night watching the JUCO National Championship for a while. I was watching Creighton UNLV. Oh, okay. Ah, That's a good game. I am willing to fork over the whatever it is per month to watch NFL. I'll do it because I am not. I don't want to watch like NC State play Wake Forest. I don't care. By the way, last night at three and four, UNLV team yes. beat number eight Creighton seventy nine sixty four. Beat them solidly, solidly. Jeez. And who else? And by the way, Chicago State. Yes. Who K State hosts first game into January is a January second. Second. Mm-hmm. Beat Northwestern last Saw night, that. and Northwestern beat Purdue, so they basically beat Purdue. Dang! So, by proxy. By relationship, the Giant Killers are coming into Bramlage. <laughs> yeah. We got the number one team uh, of the nation coming in, boys. Welcome to the transient property of college basketball. Yeah, uh, first time, by the way, that they had beaten Northwestern ever. Whoa. 16 tries. Well, Chicago State just... Is awful. Yeah, it's... Well, women's basketball... Their women's basketball program has for years been the worst program in America. Their baseball program is the worst program in America. Their basketball programs have been absolutely awful. They are the losingest athletic department in this century. Wow. In Division I athletics. No resources. They've just been left to exist, essentially. And so bad. Uh, They have been an associate member in... Multiple different conferences, baseball-wise, I know, for a while. Uh, they're finally going to get into a conference full-time starting next year, it looks like. But it has been an unbelievably awful path for that school in just trying to stay alive. And there have been plenty of questions why they even continue to yeah. try to stay alive. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., and Travion Berkeley. He's wearing a hoodie. I can't see his T-shirt today, but we'll find out, so stay tuned. Phone number 537-1350. we got a fun show today. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to be joined by Nebraska play-by-play voice for the basketball team in Kent Pavelka. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he is a legendary voice. He has been calling Nebraska basketball since the 1970s. Jeez. There was a little bit of a break in there. A little bit of a break, but he's back doing it. And... Uh, he, he, he and along with the Nebraska Cornhuskers, making their first return to Bramlage since 2010. It's been Jeez. 13 years since the Cornhuskers have been in town, and that game is on Sunday. And by the way, speaking of that game, 
Trey gave away two tickets on Tuesday. We just so happen to have two more tickets to give away. And we're going to do that at the end of the first segment of hour number two. So approximately 520. We're going to give away two tickets to Sunday's game against Nebraska, which tips off at 2 o'clock. K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty will join us later on in this hour. And K-State football also landed another running back for the class of 2024. With multiple backs jumping to the portal, leaves you an open spot to pick up another RB. And they've done so, but this time they go out to Las Vegas, Nevada to join up with John Price, who is a Kansas kid, to be a couple of running backs for the 2024 class. But we lead off today's show with a salute. To another representative K-State that has been named an All-American. We are on cat attack warning (laughs) when Aaliyah Carter was named an All-American. But I knew there was one more piece of information that was about to be announced. He had four of the five. He needed one more. And it was announced earlier today. Cooper Beebe has become the first offensive lineman in school history to earn consensus All-American status as he was named first-team All-American by the Football Coaches Association of America. And by the way, Cooper becomes the first cat to be named a unanimous consensus All-American since Terrence Newman in 2002. Congratulations. Travion, it's time for Cat Attack. It's time to get set for the Cat Attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State. Come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Purple and white we share. Showing our colors everywhere. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Yeah, let's go, Cooper Beebe. I think it's now fair to say, if you didn't already think this, Cooper Beebe, the greatest K-State offensive lineman of all time. And good for him to be the first cat to receive consensus All-American honors from the offensive line. I've said it many times, and I'll say it again. The offensive line is the most important group of guys on a football team. Without them, you do not have an offense. I don't care how good you are all over the rest of the field. Without an O-line, things get pretty gosh darn tricky. (laughs) And Cooper Beebe has officially been named a consensus All-American. And it's not, you know, the necessary criteria to get your name on the Ring of Honor is to be a consensus All-American. However, it was his goal this year to lock up his spot on the Ring of Honor. Now, we won't officially know... From at least five years down the road. you got to be at least five years out of school to go up on that bad boy. Go up at the Bill. Bill Snyder Family Stadium. But let me tell you this. 
it is 100% guaranteed yeah. that Cooper Beebe will officially be at some point inducted into the K-State Ring of Honor. There's only one. Let me, let me double check here. Yeah, okay, so there's only one K-State consensus All-American to not be on the Ring of Honor. Do you know who that is? Darren Trolls, right? No, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, 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 sorry. Hold on, hold on. Before he guess again, hold on. Pump the brakes. Of everybody you could have picked. I know. Your first guess is the greatest K-State athlete of all time. I know. I can't believe I I know that's a very arguable thing I just said, but that's in my heart. Just forgive me. I... Um, no, the the answer is no. It's not Darren Sproles is on the ring it's of honor. It's not my answer. Okay, he still sounds a little under the weather. Are you doing okay? I, I'm like I feel fine, but my voice is yeah, wrecked. Just a, little, a little messy. Um, I can't believe I said Darren Sproles. 90s. God, my life is hey, over. Hey, hey, nineties. Yeah. Um. Oh boy. Give you some more. He got in trouble before Chris the Cotton. Yep, yeah, there you go. Chris can got that DUI before the Cotton Bowl, and then Steve Scar- Sarkeesian's like yelling at him on the side. Did you ever you ever see that? Like, where he's no, like, I never did see that, dude. No. Steve Sarkeesian, he's like yelling at the sideline, like pointing at Kenny, like get out here. Blah, blah. Oh man, God, I hate that guy. Chris Canty, who is actually a two-time consensus All-American, he is. One of two to receive that honor. The other one is hashtag my boy, Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. Two-time consensus All-American who will someday have his name as well in the in the ring of honor. And I, I've I've made this argument many times. It's It's been a long time. I think it's time to forgive somebody that blew, blew a .08 uh, and picked up a DUI many years ago. I, I, I know, you know, being arrested is never a good thing, obviously. Um I think he has done his time, and it's time. It, it's time to honor Chris Canty. I could yeah. go on and on about the Chris Canty thing and him being held off the Ring of Honor because of that arrest. I believe that's the reason. I would assume it is because he's the only consensus All American that's not on there. Mm-hmm. With of course now that Cooper Beebe and, and Deuce Vaughn will be up there sooner or later. And to, to like look at his stats and look at all the accolades that he did collect, it's kind of crazy. He was amazing. And not to be up there, stinks, man. Come on. Come on, guys. What's so cool, though, is we haven't seen this in many years. It's really been 25 years that we've seen K-State have multiple consensus All-Americans that played together. Yeah, that's awesome. And what a salute to K-State's growth in offense and productiveness in offense under Colin Klein, yeah. under this current coaching staff, Chris Kleiman, of having a consensus All-American twice at running back. You know, Darren Sproles didn't do that. He got it one time. Deuce Vaughn did it twice. And then now having the best K-State offensive lineman of all time. It's crazy. It's awesome. And so well-deserved. Cooper Beebe is what it means to be a K-State Wildcat. That guy, a, a dominant I th- I think I probably watched that pancake block that he threw. I think it was against KU about forty seven. Uh, Houston. 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 Oh my God! I think I watched that forty six times in a row. That was 
amazing. And he's got 50 of those, if you think about it. Um, I Was there even any doubt, though, that he was going to – Oh, after the season that he had? There was no doubt. Well, and he, it's, it's hilarious because, remember – so, okay, again, Cooper, unanimous consensus All-American. That's crazy. But he was not a unanimous first-team All-Big 12 player. What's that about? Are we ever going to find out? Like I said, it, it had to be Ding Dong from BYU or oh, you yeah. know, Brown at uh, Neil Brown at West Virginia. They didn't play. Well, he should know better. But like BYU, you know, they didn't play K State. They haven't played K State. They I maybe mean, they don't know the whole story about what K State has on that offensive line. <laughs> the, Just you know, wasn't paying attention. The Ding Dong of BYU. God, I'm or Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, the new guys. I'm gonna hate them forever. Congratulations to Cooper Beebe, consensus All American, unanimous selection, first since um, Terrence Newman. By the way, the other consensus All Americans all time for K State. I'll just run down the list for you: Chris Canty, Deuce Vaughn. You know, 98, 97, 98 had their number of consensus All Americans with mm-hmm. David Allen, Michael Bishop, Martin Gramatica, Jeff Kelly, Chris Canty. Well, Chris Canty was 95, 96, but he's right there in that same era as well. Um, and then he had Tyler Lockett in 14, Jordy Nelson in 7, Terrence Newman in 02, Mark Simino 99, uh, Sean Snyder in 92, and the first one ever, Gary Spaney in 1977. We take a break, and now we look towards the future of K-State football, even past the bowl game, because the 2024 class has grown by one once again, and it's a running back. And you know me. When it comes to running backs who are joining the class, they're under a microscope. Give you my thoughts on the new commit who just flipped from Hawaii. It's coming up next on the game. Word up. We're back on the game. Mitch, Troy, Yow. David, and Travion. Travion, what's your shirt today? It's a Louder Than Life shirt from last year. Hmm. Mr. Concert Neat. shirt. Mr. Corey Feldman shirt. Oh, bro. I want that one. Did back. you get one? No. Oh. When I oh went up to God. the booth, they were sold out. Oh, by, the, by the way, did you see that they're going to do a Lost Boys musical next year? Talked about that this morning. No way. No confirmation whether Haim or Feldman are a part of it hmm. just yet. Well, but dead. Oh, that's valid. Forgot about that. <laughs> this guy's dead. No Goonies? No Goonies. Hmm. Ooh, a Goonies musical. I feel like we're missing out on some money yeah, made really. there. Come on. I mean, it's on TBS enough. Might as well make right. a musical out of it. <laughs> Keep cashing those checks. Yeah. All right, we're back. Now, welcome everybody back. Yeah, we're back. All right. Uh, hour number two, going to be joined by Nebraska basketball play-by-play voice, uh, Kent Pavelka, who's been on the job for many, many years. Legend. And uh, he'll come on the show to talk to us about Nebraska hoops. Maybe ask him a football question or two. What does he think about Matt Rule? What's the word in town? about who's going to be now a second-year head coach, but they missed out on another bowl game, a five-win season for the Huskers. And they lost, what, three straight at the end of the year? By the way, they lost out on uh, McCord 
Ohio State's quarterback yeah. in the transfer portal. Apparently got a little scared off by the thoughts on uh, the Rayola kid, the five-star out of Georgia that is reportedly in the mix. So he's going to be tossed right in there then. That, uh, it Rayola could very team. well be, yeah. Uh, running back is an interesting question that we really haven't talked about uh, a whole lot since the transfer portal opened up. Anthony Frias is in there. Treshawn Ward has decided to go back to the ACC. He's now going to be heading to Boston College. So now we have DJ Giddens, and second string running back right now is blank. I don't. I don't know. I couldn't give you a, an educated guess right now on who would be the second string guy heading into the pop trial. I mean, I could give you a list of names. I mean, Joe Jackson possibly, with James White, it's a possibility. I don't know what Jordan Shipper's status is, but possibly him. Tomorrow's going to be a very interesting press conference with Coach. I could give you a pretty good idea on how things will go in the Pop Tarts Bowl is when it comes to strategy. When it comes when, when it's running the football, let's not forget number two, Avery Johnson. He happens to be quite the runner himself. Is going to have a number of carries, and by the and you're going to probably see some jet sweeps. Jaden Jackson, Keegan Johnson, Jace Brown, they'll all do it. Uh, And then, of course, quite a few carries, like the UCF game. And DJ had 30 carries, and that game had himself a great game. He did because that he definitely carried. He he took care of what Trayshawn Ward wasn't available to do, and he ran with it. It did a fantastic job. I mean. Oh. DJ's amazing. Had over 1,100 yards this year and splitting up some carries. He was, for the majority of the time, the better running back on the team. K-State um, earlier today received a commitment from a three-star running back. I We need to be more consistent, guys, about how we, how we type out his first name because I've seen it <laughs> two ways. D-E space V-O-N or it just put together. Well, I think you get two names depending on how it's typed up. When it's the space, I I, I say Devon. But our uh, friends over at Case Center Line have been saying Devon, and they put it all together. I'm more of a Devon guy. Isn't that from wrestling? Wrestling, yeah, yes. That's exactly yeah. where I get it. <laughs> Devon Dudley, yes. Yeah. That's exactly the Dudley Boys. where I get it. D- Dudley Boys were awesome back in the day. But he is a three-star kid, 5'9", a buck 75, out of Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, what's so interesting about his senior year of high school? K-State picked up a guy that ran for 576 yards last year on 52 carries and 10 touchdowns. If he's this good, if he had three-star status, was that good, why did he just get 52 carries in 12 games? <laughs> Was he that good? <laughs> you know, that's all they, they did. They were that good. I mean, yeah. you're hoping if he was the first-string guy yeah. and he carried it that little, he would have scored 30 touchdowns. Yeah, yeah like, all right, get out of there. You, you're done. He also had four yards or four touchdowns, rather, receiving. The thing, if you're not familiar about Bishop Gorman, that is a pretty big deal <sighs> in high school football. Yeah, yeah. They had uh, four running backs this year, four guys that carried the football, not necessarily running backs. That averaged over 10 yards a carry. They are just extremely, and it's year after year, they are extremely loaded with talent. I mean, they easily went 12-0 this year and won a a state championship in Nevada. So he comes from a program that has 
pretty big pedigree. Yeah, they're they're considered a very big deal, and it is an honor to go play football at this school. The running back in front of him also is going to be going to a Power Five school. Meanwhile, for Devon Rice, again, I give you his measurements. I, I I look I definitely look a lot more when it comes to the running backs and what they bring to the table because. I just I gravitate towards that position. My two favorite cats of all time were running backs. They they're my fondest memories of K State football. Running backs. Um, some are saying that if you were to compare him next to John Price, who would be more ready to play right away? Even though John Price is go- and he's again this is a Kansas kid running back commit. He went to Still Blue Valley Stillwell, south of Kansas City. And he is rated as the, in some places, the second best player out of the state of Kansas. Wow. Um, but there are some on a national level that actually look at Devon Rice and see him as a guy, potentially for you know K-State, this might be the right spot for him to come in and play right away, potentially, because he just has that kind of skill set. His body is in really good shape. He has explosiveness. He has the ability to cut. He does a lot of great things that will impress you. They're like, oh, wow, that is a cat that could have a very good future. I still think John Price is an extremely good player. Devon Rice is a very good player. I mean, K-State, I think, really did a great job at running back going to get a couple of guys. Now, John Price picked up a little bit late in the process, kind of, Um but things change when the portal open and you have multiple running backs jumping to the portal. So K-State, that basically put them in a spot where they could go get another running back, and they did. He flips from Hawaii. Um, and it's also interesting, his dad, have you ever heard of Rodney Rice? Mm-hmm. Played at BYU. Mm-hmm. He is considered a BYU great as a defensive back. He had 12 interceptions in two years. Whoa. His brother, Quentin, is a corner at BYU. I'm surprised BYU wasn't more of a right. cuz like word got out that like okay, 2 years ago, this is a kid that's an up and coming player in high school. He started playing varsity ball as when he was a freshman. Like this kid is going to be a really special talent. BYU was in there right away. And then somehow Hawaii won out. I like that's a very interesting storyline uh. that I'd love to know more about. And then Starts getting those Power 5 offers, they roll in, so the recruitment opens back up. And it wasn't just K-State. There were a number of Power 5s that were interested in him. Um, He did not publicly say who they were, but looking just on his profiles on the recruiting sites, Texas A&M is up there, Colorado, BYU, um, obviously was in the mix as well. But K-State won the recruiting, and so... Tip the cap once again. K State football winning this recruit. They have flipped another guy. I believe this is their fifth flip for this 2024 wow. recruiting class. Now, who has the upper hand hit heading into 2024? I don't know. But what will benefit Rice is he's going to show up in January. So he's going to be here early. He's going to be he's going to compete in in spring ball. Mm-hmm. He's going to get so many early reps. I don't know what John Price is going to do, but Rice is definitely going to be here in January. He'll go through the spring process. I mean, you want to talk about having your foot in the door earlier than a number of other guys that maybe be competing for the same spot you are. This is a big advantage potentially for Rice, oh, yeah. especially if he has the capability of earning early playing time. You never know how this is all turn out. But 
you know, look, Austin Romain is a great example of that. He was here for the spring. And because of those reps and because of experience, you know, the coaching staff, of course, he had earned it a little bit on the field, but he was next man up when Deuce Green was injured. And you have Austin Romain almost playing for the rest of the year. Jake Clifton came in and started to be the starter, but Austin was definitely in the rotation after starting a few games. Uh That was a big part of helping him get ready. You know, I don't know where Austin is if he didn't have that spring ball. It could have been a much different story, and it might have been uglier if he wasn't as experienced getting those live reps in practice. K-State's ability to stop the run, certainly, you know, it did take a hit a little bit when Daniel Green wasn't available, but Austin got better. And this experience in the long run is going to pay off for Oscar Romaine. So that's just an example. I could give you a ton of examples, but that's a really good recent one of you never know when your time is going to come. And Austin was, uh, you know, probably more ready to go than others. Right. And he earned the trust of coaches. All right, let's take a break. And again, oh, let me give you some updated numbers here about K-State's class before we do take a break. So he becomes the 13th high school commit for the Cats, 14th overall with, of course, the O-line transfer out of North Dakota, who happens to be a very popular guy in the transfer portal, but the K-State <laughs> Wildcats won him as well. But now 14 in the class, and it sounds like there's still more to come. Kind of an obvious thing, obvious thing to say, but still more to come, so tune in. We'll take a break. When we come back, it's time to talk K-State women's basketball. It's our weekly interview with K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. Next. The game on K-Man, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., Travion Berkland. K-State women's basketball now 9-1 and one after an impressive second half as they beat the Mizzou Tigers at the Bill Snyder Classic in St. Joseph, Missouri by the final score, 84-56. We're now joined by K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. Coach, congratulations on the win. Overall, how was your homecoming? Uh, yeah, pretty good, Mitch. Yeah, it was good. I got to see, uh, you know, some former players. Got to see a lot of people that uh, supported us when we were. Uh, well, not only when I was a player there, but but then when I started my coaching career. So yeah, it was good. Got to see my college coach. Um, so yeah, it's um, and then mainly uh, the best part was that we played well and uh, got a good win. How was the environment in St. Joe? Just watching on TV, it looked like there was a pretty good crowd. How was the turnout? You know, the crowd was a sellout. I think the the thing that was probably tough about the environment is the lighting's a little bit different there. Um, and then, you know, we did not have band cheerleaders, those kind of things. And uh, so I think we can improve the environment. But in terms of uh, the amount of people there, uh, the excitement that uh, St. Joe had about having uh, us in the in the area, uh, it was really, really good. Travion, there we go. All right, let's let's see if this is any better, Coach. That was a big third quarter against Mizzou, fifty-six to twelve. You you blow out the Tigers in that third quarter. Was there a big adjustment that was the difference? Well, we did a little bit differently of getting Serena in the middle of the zone, but uh, all in all, you know, both teams were cold early. Uh, we made a bunch of shots, but uh, we forced them to go man, and then once they went man, you know, sometimes you get to scanning around, but it was almost like our group was so excited that they had, uh, you know, gotten man-to-man a little bit. Uh, we moved the ball so well, so um, 
you know, we shot him out of it, got Serena in the middle of the zone. Serena made some good reads, got high-low with Lee, got downhill. And then once we got man-to-man, it was uh, uh, everybody was moving and the, and the basketball. That's as good as we've moved the ball all year and um, as timely as we've been. And uh, just good to see us play really, really well. You know, back-to-back games, I've really liked what you got out of Briley Glenn. She has scored in double figures. Her percentages look good. Defense is looking good. How well, in your opinion, is she playing right now? Yeah, I, I think really well. I think, you know, one of the things with uh, Briley was we we wanted her to, as you want a player to mature, you want her to be able to play with that great energy defensively but calm down offensively. And and uh, we're seeing her really settle in offensively where she is uh, really able to separate the floors and, and really playing very, very efficient at that end. So, um, yeah, I think she's playing really well. You got Rebound and Mizzou in the game, 48-33. to And obviously with Yoki in the equation, that it, it certainly helps, right? It, we're still waiting for her to get to that, uh, that next double-double, and she'll set the uh, program record for most double-doubles. But... I mean, you also had a number of players that were nearing 10 rebounds in that game. Just overall as a team, how improved is rebounding this year? Yeah, you know, yeah, we, it, it, it has improved. Now, I wanna, I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't think that we have played. You know, the one thing in the non-con that we face a lot with the size that we have is people try to pull Lee out of the rim. And so they run a lot of five out stuff. So Yoki tends to have to guard different stuff, which opens up for a lot of others to rebound the basketball. In the past, we have not done that very well, but uh, I like the way Sanchez is rebounding. I like the way Glenn, Gabby, both Glenn's are rebounding the ball well. I like the way Walker, um, I, I think that, I think our group is really, um, uh, chasing the rebound ball, but I will say that uh, it's an area that we've got to be cautious of because um, I'm not sure we face the best rebounding offensive teams. Um, we have faced a lot of five wide, and generally, it's harder to offensive rebound when you're doing that. You mentioned Gisela Sanchez, and I thought you know she had a nice game off the bench, eight points and nine rebounds. Where have you seen her game improve so far this year? Yeah, I think she's just settled down. You know, I think one of the things that's uh, coming off the injury, she hasn't had a lot of games. She hasn't really played much. Uh, I do think it was a benefit that she played with the Spain national team this summer. Um, but uh, she's just gotten more comfortable in, in her role. I think uh, same as Briley, she has uh, uh, been able to settle down at the offensive end but give great energy. Um, I always felt like she would be a stat stuffer. That's what she was with Spain when I recruited her. Um, she always had uh, lines exactly like you're seeing. You're uh, eight, nine points, seven, eight rebounds, three, four, five steals, a couple blocks. Um, that's the kind of player she is. She can really impact the game in a lot of areas. Speaking with KC Women's Basketball Coach Jeff Mitty, got a couple more for you, Coach. Uh, we learned yesterday, I'd love to get your opinion on this, we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show, that that a, a district judge in, in West Virginia has put up a TRO, a temporary restrict, um, restricting 
that uh, the NCAA rule that second time transfers who haven't graduated, instead of sitting out a year, there's now that 14 day window that they can start playing. And I, I right now it feels pretty messy on you know what exactly is going to happen after the last 14 days. But what do you think about this temporary restriction on that rule? Ah, uh, boy, you're going to get me in trouble, Mitch. Um, I tell you what, I think about everything. I, I think I'm tired of people changing the rules midstream. And I'm tired of judges jumping in there when they don't know what the hell they're talking about. I don't care one way or the other. Just let's not change the rules midstream because we all have to recruit a certain way. So there's two time transfers that we turn down not to recruit because they weren't going to be eligible. There's and all of these are, are livelihoods of coaches, of players. If you want to make them all eligible, then do it. Make them all eligible to begin with. If you don't, then stick with it. Now, of course, we know that the NCA decided, but then we have everybody else dipping into the decision. And um, I don't know, at some point, um, whatever we decide to do, whether it be NCA, whether it be breakaway, whatever. we got to be able to have a set of rules that we can defend that give the players the type of um, um, opportunities that they want and, and deserve, but also a set of rules that we can hold everybody accountable to. Because once again, we're, we're at this deal where the rules change midstream. And, um, you know, and, and uh, I will be honest, we made decisions on recruits based off of the rules back mm-hmm. in May. And that has continually happened the last three or four years, whether it be, you know, it used to be the waiver thing. Well, they're not going to get a waiver. And so, you know, this kid got a waiver, but this player didn't get a waiver. And then this one got a waiver, and, this one didn't, and so there was no consistency. So um, I could do a whole show on this, uh, so um, I appreciate the question. One of these days we'll just talk rules for a little while, and we'll see what we need to fix in college basketball. Coach, with that, we've we got to go and let you go. We're up on a break here, but you face North Alabama on Saturday at 4 o'clock, so best of luck against the Offsprays, and we'll, we'll look to talk to you next week. All right, Mitch. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. That's K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty here on The Game. We'll take a break. We'll finish Hour 1 next. Never, ever hear this song and not think of Back to the Future. I mean, come on. You know, just the kids are going to love it. No. They, you know, and the hand, too, hand disappearing. Every time, dude. God, love that movie. Well, starting on Saturday, we will start our bowl coverage here on News Radio KMAN, where we're going to bring you multiple bowl games throughout bowl season, which includes the college football playoff semifinals and the national championship game will be broadcasted right here on K-Man. Troy, you want to remind us what's coming up 
our first day of airing bowl games, which is Saturday. 9.30, we'll begin coverage with the Myrtle Beach Bowl. That is Ohio against Georgia Southern to get things underway. 10 o'clock is the kickoff. Then following Manhattan High basketball on Saturday afternoon, we've got the L.A. Bowl presented by one Gronk. This was the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. You know, by the way, uh, and coverage that again follows Manhattan High. They'll kick off after six. You know, I never, I'll never forget when uh, the Boston bombings took place, and it was shortly after that. That I think it was that weekend, the next weekend, that the Red Sox were back in town, mm-hmm. and they had David Ortiz get on the mic and say something, and he said, "This is our Blanken City." Well, we aired that right here on K Man. Right. So now we may let's see what we get now out of Gronk. Oh. If they put him on air, I you know he's been doing what the Fox pregame show and postgame show for a while. Yes, now he has. that yeah. uh, I think he'll be fine. He's had enough training, but it's also not that formal setting. You know, he is like he's a host. Yeah, he's like the actual center of attention, other than the actual game taking place. <laughs> I wonder what the trophy's going to look like. The Gronk trophy is just going to be like a, a empty keg or something be easier to throw that way between him and Tom Brady. All right, guys, we got to take a break, but when we come back, hour number two, Nebraska basketball play-by-play voice Kent Pavelka is going to join us. And also, KU has ran a little into a little bit of a snag with construction at the booth. It's all coming up in Social Local News. The game on K-Man.